Hey, Black Tribers. Lisa Black here, sitting across from Gary Black. Hey, hey. Good friend of mine. <laughs> and uh, just uh, over the last two years, he's been studying the heart at a much deeper level and been teaching on it. It is... I would say transforming him as a man is what I'm watching. Absolutely. And his heart's a little raw the last couple of weeks just because he's digging even deeper. And so I have a lot of questions for him. So I thought we'd share them with you. All right. Hey, guys. Welcome to Black Tribe Podcast. Um, hey, we did an overview of the heart out of a document that I have been pouring into and reading through. Um, and so you can go listen to that podcast. It's one of the first ones we did at GaryandLisaBlack.com slash podcasts. And it'll give you a good overview. This is something I've been deep, di uh, deep diving into. Um, there's a, a man named John Smelter, and I did this on the first CD or the first podcast, but uh, in his 80s, he was John Wimber's right hand man. He has his master's in theology, planted 20 some churches, um, was going to take over for John Wimber with the Vineyard Movement uh, when John passed, and God kind of removed him from that. And he has been a, a clinical counselor for the past so many years and has counseled thousands and thousands of people uh, through the heart and how to live out of the heart. And uh, now he's just broken gone down to just a couple of clients, um, very good friends of ours, uh, Johnny Cat, John McAllister and his wife, Hillary. <laughs> Hillary's very close to him. So she's really connected me into this whole journey. Uh, they gave me this six series CD set that uh, we had to buy and hold. Let's go to Amazon and buy a CD player. <laughs> An old CD player. And uh, I've just been pouring into these CDs. It's been uh, just a phenomenal journey for me. So we just want to share a little bit of that with you. So, Lisa, what questions do you have for me about the heart? My question for you, based on the stuff that you were sharing with me yesterday, is why does Jesus ask us to approach him as little children? As little children. As little children. Okay. Well, that's, that's a great question. So... Uh, little children have clean hearts. Little children that have not been physically abused or mentally abused, uh, their hearts are pure. So they literally know when somebody dangerous walks in the room. They know right. what they want to wear. They know what they want to eat. They have creativity and consciousness all from their heart space. Right. The heart is the personality. I mean, I can show you that here of, of human beings, of us. Right. Our hearts, our personality. And we've missed this teaching. We've got, um, you know, most of the Church of America and probably Europe. Uh, live out of their mind and um, they live from a space of thinking and knowledge instead of feeling and experiencing and, right. and we've kind of talked against in our churches especially our conservative churches against experiential Christianity and what the heart living does is bring you back to experiencing God so we have all these hundreds of thousands of Christians mm -hmm. sitting in our churches who can't hear God who are bored out of their minds who complain about not being able to pray or, right. or listen or and they go to church on Sunday mornings and they hear a good message but it doesn't really apply to their lives on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday right. and so this literally takes you into a space like Jesus lived. This is how he lived, uh, where you're living completely in 
fully out of a whole heart, but to get back to that child's heart, you've got to go through healing and some through some deep stuff. Okay. So for people that maybe didn't listen to the first um, podcast or have some questions, where does the heart belong with spirit, soul, Oof. mind, and body? Okay, good. Because Great question. I've always been taught spirit, soul, mind, body. Yeah. And then, and then young, when I was younger, I was taught that I had to kill my flesh and live out of my spirit. That everything, my flesh, everything that was bad was my flesh. Yes. That was my sin, my temptation, my whatever. So how do you, how does the heart fit into all that? So that's Hebrews 4.12. So Watchman Nee, uh, The Spiritual Man. My dad made me read that book when I was young. It's a heavy book. Um, yeah, too heavy, actually. <laughs> uh, all these guys kind of messed up the church because they did all this teaching on spirit, soul, body, and they left the heart out. Okay. And Hebrews 12 says, right, that there's he's going to divide the spirit, soul, body, and the heart. And we've just lumped the heart into spirit. Mm. And what John has done, and now what I have done in studying this thing, is is really brought out that the heart is the personality. It feels, it has intellect, it has all these things, and it's how Jesus lived from his heart. And um, and so, and, and that division in Hebrews 4.12 doesn't mean that our we've got to get rid of our flesh. Okay. Everything belongs. So our flesh needs to be there to teach us, hey, I, I probably shouldn't be doing this and I need to get back to my spirit. Right. And then our soul, right, isn't bad. Our soul, there's two chambers in our heart. There's the spirit, uh, the, the the spirit and the soul. Okay. And so Jesus was in his soul many times and he cried out in the in the Garden of Gethsemane and said, my soul aches. I don't mm-hmm. want to do this, God. Please mm-hmm. remove this cup. That was mm-hmm. his soul. And then his spirit says, ah, but not my will, your will be done. Okay. Um, when Judas comes to betray him right after that and Judas kisses him and, and betrays him and he looks at Judas and says, oh, my friend, you don't know what you're doing. He, mm-hmm. he literally lived out of his the spirit side of his heart towards Judas. I think that's why Judas probably hung himself because he felt so guilty. And then like on the cross, he's like, God, what, where have you gone? What are you doing? That's his soul. Right. And then his spirit says, oh, but they don't know what they're doing. Man, I love these people. Right. So we can live and we just can, we learn how to live out of our hearts and spirit and soul. And then we learn that our bodies are just a part of that. Go ahead. Okay. So my question to that would be that, um, yeah, it's Jesus. And we all know that he's 100% God and he's 100% man. So for me, I would almost kind of go back and forth between that's why he responded that way. But what about the rest of us mere mortals? Yes. All right. So let me give you a couple things on the human heart. Okay. So the truth can change. This this can literally change the church worldwide. I believe this with all my heart. I'm going to continue teaching this here at G42 for a right. week. I'm going to ask Adventures and Missions to allow me to do a whole week with the staff there. Um, I feel like I'd love to do a book with John Smeltzer if he would do that. Yes. When we get into being ordinary, this is where I'm really raw right now. Um, I, he's become, he, he, he teaches that we just need to be ordinary Christians, that God is extraordinary and we don't need to be these super extraordinary people. We'll get into that later. Okay. Um, but I've taught, you know, a generation for 30 years and I was taught that I need to be extraordinary and I need to be above the rest of the people around me and I need to do these huge things on the earth. Right. And what he teaches you when you live out of your heart, you don't need that. You can be ordinary and you can love people really well. The whole point of this whole thing is that the nature of the heart is loving God and loving our neighbor as ourselves. Right. And we can't love our neighbor as ourselves when we have a heart that's driven unhealthily t- towards big stages and big dreams and big things. Okay. So doesn't make a lot of sense, but we'll get there. Okay. So let me give you a couple things. Mark okay. 1230, love God with your whole heart. 
our whole and entire complete heart. I've learned a lot from studying this through my own sufferings, my own failures, from my repentance I'm going through right now, and I'm transforming and I'm learning to live from the heart and to hold everything that I that I get, every bit of news that I get, everything I'm doing the same way. Right. And so Acts 17, Paul challenged the Bereans, and he he challenged them to live out of their hearts. And we'll get into some of that. But let me give you a real quick, just a, an overview. There's there's four secrets of the heart. Okay. And I just want to do that on this one, and then we'll get into this as we continue on this podcast okay. and on this series. But the, the first secret of the heart is that the heart is the most p- important part of who we are as human beings. Mm-hmm. And how do we know that? The scriptures help us a lot here when we look at all the verses on the heart. All of the verses on the soul, spirit, mind, what you find is this. Okay, so if you look at all the verses in the Bible, and we've always been taught spirit, soul, mind, body, right? right? Not heart. Right. The word heart or hearts appears 841 times in the scripture referring to us. Mm. 12 other times it appears, but it's the heart of the ocean or the sea or the heart of the matter. Okay. 841 times, amazingly, it appears in Scripture to define us as humans. Now, let's compare that. The word spirit or spirits appears only 190 times in Scripture. Wow. Actually, it appears 611 uh, if you're looking at the, the, the Scripture, like on the word spirit, but only 190 times does it have to do with our human spirit. Hmm. And in contrast, 841 times on the heart when it's talking about us. And then every other time spirit appears in the scriptures, there's always a demon or always the Holy Spirit. The word soul or souls only appears 290 times. Okay. As opposed to 841 times the heart. We kind of missed that. And then also the wisdom book, right? The book of Proverbs. This is the one that I think I get most of this from. Uh, We never hear of a wise spirited or a wise soul person. We only hear as a wise hearted person. Mm. In Proverbs, the word heart appears 73 times. The word spirit appears 18 times and soul only appears 12 times. I just think that, you know, what John found and what I'm finding is the Lord's trying to tell us something that we have to pay attention to. Why do you think we've missed it? Uh, because I think it's we, we've gone away from experiential. The, the charismatic movement was so experiential and everybody had to shake and move and, and it was all experience. And right. so it, it wounded the church, the body of Christ right. in a way. And um, now I think some of those things are absolutely Holy Spirit, but we don't need them to be extraordinary Christians. We right. don't need them to be super Christians. Which right? also kind of freaks out people that are not in that you know it just kind of makes us look a little bizarre it looks makes us look very bizarre which i think that's good too i mean that's part of being ordinary that we look at ridiculous and it kind of humbles us what's the difference um when it says that we're a peculiar people well peculiar in that in that sense was that we are set apart we are different than the world not better than right we we know jesus and so we see spiritually the world when they don't know jesus can't see spiritually right they don't see in the spirit realm christians now again most christians you and i hang around it's don't live spiritually. They don't see spiritually. Right. Right. Thank God Andrew Sherman and some of the guys around us see real, you know, they see the spirit and how the spirit works and moves. And this is most of what you and I do. 
Okay. So, so when I hear this scripture though about peculiar people, I what I believe is that if you're living out of your heart, you will love people so well that you will look very different than the rest of the world. The point is that we're supposed to love our neighbors. We love ourselves. Right. The greatest commandment. Right. And we and that what does it say? We live out of our whole heart. Right. Right. So if we can learn how to live and and get our hearts repaired, our hearts need repair. Okay. We'll get, we're going to get into this, but if we can get our hearts back in sync and in repair, and we're living fully from our hearts like Jesus lived. And I'll show you, he lived this way all the time. Um, and, and, and we learn the secrets of the heart. So the first secret is that it's the most important part of who we are. Okay. The second secret of the heart is that our heart, not our soul or spirit is our true personality. Mm. So in first Peter three, six, your true self. What's that? It's our true. Yeah. Becoming your true self. Okay. First Peter three, six, he's talking about the beauty of a woman. The true beauty, he says, is not just wearing clothes and jewelry. The true beauty of a woman, it says, is in the hidden person of the heart. The body is an outward expression of the heart. So when you meet people and their hearts are unhealthy, their bodies are telling you that. Yes. What's coming off of them is telling you that. First yes. Peter 3, he says, look, a beautiful woman is a hidden person of the heart. She understands her heart. Remember Mary. She said when Mary would, was, was listening to Jesus when he was 12 and he was reciting the whole Pentateuch yeah. to the rabbis, it says that she hid all of these things in her heart. Mm. She didn't know what to do with them. She placed them and let them just transform wow. her in her heart about her own son. Yes. Because she didn't know where to put them. Yes. That makes sense? Yes. So beauty of a woman comes from her heart. Uh, I love that. Intellect, will, and feelings. If we study the 841 verses referring to the heart, we find the heart in all three of these. First, our feelings. Jesus talking to his disciples before he goes on trial and he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Right? Obviously, troubled is a feeling. Right. He then says in John 16, 6, sorrow has filled your heart. Mm. And in verse 22, your heart will rejoice. So think about that. Your heart literally has emotion. Your heart rejoices. Your heart has sorrow. Your heart has, you know, it, it gets depressed and so- sorrowful. Mm. So we can literally feel our emotions from our heart. That makes sense? It does. Your heart has emotions. Secondly, the heart is all about thinking. Now, this is going to be great. we got to talk about this. Okay. So it's so amazing that the heart that thinks and that the spirit, it's the spirit that experiences. Okay. So our human spirit experiences thing. Our heart actually thinks. Mark 2, 8, Jesus is in a house where four men open the roof and lower their friend that is paralyzed. Jesus looks at his friend and says, son, your sins are forgiven. Mm. The Pharisees go crazy, of right? Course. They go, what? Who does this man think he is? Only God can forgive sins. Then Mark says this wonderful statement. He says, Jesus, aware in his spirit, the spirit has awareness. He said to them, you are reasoning from your hearts. Wow. It's the heart that reasons. So your heart literally reasons and thinks through what's happening around you. Hmm. And you can trust your heart. What we're going to get to is we've been taught that the heart is evil. We'll talk about Jeremiah 17. Everybody quotes it, hmm. that it's evil and all the things Old Testament heart was. Right. But Hebrews and all kinds of scriptures I'm going to give us show us that our hearts have been cleansed. As okay. New Testament, now covenant believers, our hearts are completely cleansed and pure. We just need to get them repaired okay. again to be able to live out of them. Uh, when Mary took and Joseph took Jesus at eight years old to to this is what I just talked about to Jerusalem and to be dedicated and circumcised, all kinds of things were happening. People were prophesying over him. All this, it says, Mary stored all these things in her heart because the heart has memory, it thinks, and it has intellect. Wow. 
Isn't that cool? That is cool. And then finally on this, this will, uh, on this part, the, finally the heart has will. Your, your, your body, your will and your emotions, right? It has what Judges chart, chapter 5. Deborah, Deborah and Barak went out to war and won a great victory. And I know you know this song really well. Deborah wrote a song, and in that song she says, those that went out to war had great resolve mm-hmm. in their heart. Resolve has to do with our will. We're going to will through this. Mm. Right? We got a lot of people, positivity things, self-help things, right? All that's fine. Except for you're depending on yourself. We're depending on yourself. You're not depending on your heart, the personality of the human exactly. and God working through your heart yes. to actually bring resolve. Yes. If you have resolve through your heart, you're not wondering, am I going to be able to make this? Can I get through this? Am I going to do, you know, what? where's God in this? Why can't I make it? When your heart is fully healthy and alive, it has resolve and you know you're going to make it. You right. know that you know that you know. Right. The heart thinks, it feels, and it chooses. It has all these functions of human personality. The soul and the spirit do not. Interesting. Eh? Eh? There's no indication anywhere in scripture that the soul or spirit thinks. First Corinthians 14, the gift of prophecy. Paul says this starting with verse 12. He says, my spirit prays. He's talking about the human spirit, not the Holy Spirit. I shall pray with the spirit and with the with the mind, he says. Mm. So Paul says, so we know 1 Corinthians 14 really well. He says, eagerly desire the pro- prophecy. He wants all of us to prophesy. Right. And all those gifts in 1 Corinthians 13, 14, Romans 12, they're all grace given. Okay. It says that we anybody can prophesy. Anybody can lay hands right. on the sick and see them. Even people, it says giftedness is without repentance. Right. Even people who aren't Christians can do that, right? If you see a new ager and they're getting people healed, that's literally the prophetic and healing anointing right. working through exactly. those people, right? right? And their hearts, their hearts are actually more pure than many Christians, right? But on this, he's saying, your spirit prays. And then he says, I shall pray with the spirit and with my mind. Where is the mind? It's in the heart. Mm. See, the heart thinks the spirit experiences. Isn't that interesting? Yes. So our spirit's experiencing things, our heart's actually processing them, bringing resolve to them and thinking through them and giving us the proper answer. You know in your gut, right? You know inside that it's really off or it's really good. Right. Because your heart's telling you. The heart speaks through the gut. Exactly. And I'll give you that scripture in a little bit. The heart is who we are. It's our personality. The best way to understand the heart is to observe the behavior of an undamaged child. This is where we started. Okay. And I want to give us this a little bit. The heart of a young child is spontaneous, playful, inquisitive, curious, creative, relational. It's soft and open and insightful. In his heart, the child feels emotions. He thinks, he categorizes, he analyzes, he remembers, he meditates, he imagines and daydreams, he chooses, decides and considers moral and ethical choices even as a child. He yeah, it's our little granddaughters, isn't it? Yeah. He, they worship, they experience awe and wonder. The undamaged heart of a child knows that he knows that he knows. He knows when he's uncomfortable. He knows when he is happy. He knows what he wants to play with, what he wants to eat, and what he wants to wear. When a stranger comes into the house, the child senses if the stranger is good or evil. Mm-hmm. All of this is experienced in the heart of an un damaged child and only a small portion of this is experienced in the spirit or the soul okay okay so why he says remember when the jesus is praying and the kids come up and jesus starts laying hands on them and the disciples get mad and try to shoo the kids away and he rebukes them 
literally rebukes yes. them and says, look, you come to me like this. This is where I'm going to find you. You're going to find me and this is where you're going to live. He's talking about an undamaged heart in that in that verse. So the third secret, you want the third secret? There's only four and then we'll end. Yes. The third secret of a heart. So what's our first one is that the heart is the most important part of who we are. The second secret is that our heart, not our soul or spirit, is our true personality. It's where we think. It's all those things, right? So the third secret of the heart, dun, 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 is that we consist of four parts, not three. This Mm. is what we started talking about. Most teachers of the Bible and what you've been taught is that we consist of just three parts, body, soul, and spirit. For some odd reason, the heart has always been left out, even though there are 841 verses related to the heart and we leave and we just left it out Mm. way more than all the rest. Interesting. This is a very important, this very important verse that suggests we have four parts. The verse is not proof text. We're just using this to indicate what we know to be true. Hebrews 4.12, right? Number one, soul. Number two, spirit. Number three, joint and marrow. That's body. Mm. And able, this is what it says, and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Mm. That's number four. Able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. We just left that out. That's where we actually can judge what in our intentions are. That's where we know if we're, do, if we're living out of our spirit or we're living out of our soul, out of our heart. Isn't that amazing? The heart and the spirit are synonymous. The spirit doesn't think. It experiences. It does not think. So there's, uh, I'm going to go, when we teach it here, I'm going to go into this whole imagery with the class of the four circles of the body, soul, spirit, and heart, right. and actually how they work and why they're there. Yes. And we can get into that later if you want. But this whole point of this is loving God and loving your neighbor as ourselves. The human spirit contains the heart and the, and the human spirit, your human spirit just contains the heart. Your spirit experiences, your heart feels and thinks mm. and imagines and all those things. Mm. Amen. Amen. All right. So let's, let's do, end with the fourth secret of the heart. Uh, as humans, we have a soul on the outside of body and spirit and, and a heart are absolutely critical for relationships in the church. We're going to talk about this a lot more on some future podcasts. The heart is our personality that thinks, feels and chooses. And it's critical that we learn to live from our whole hearts. Mm. Sadly, the average Christian has no idea how to do this. And that's why we have what we have in our churches today. Mm. Lack of living from the heart is why most Christianity is boring and lifeless. Mm. Life without a conscious experience of the heart is like a world-renowned pianist pianist playing on a toy piano that is seriously out of tune. Wow. Think about that. Yeah. We're living these Christian lives and we don't even have we our piano have the, in well, tune. We don't have the tool. We don't have the tool. The, the mm. one tool that God gave us that he spoke about more than anything else. And we wonder why we struggle. And so when we get this, we get to experience a radical living and a radical relationship to God and to people. So the fourth secret of the heart, the heart of the believer is not sinful. It is clean. This is the most fundamental secret that we must understand. Mm -hmm. Okay, Jeremiah 79 is what people always go to about the heart. The heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. This is the one verse that has affected and infected Christianity almost more than any other verse in the Bible. Mm -hmm. The New Testament teaches us this. The heart, the soul, and even the spirit of the believer are cleansed by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not deceitful and it's not desperately wicked any longer. Mm. And if my heart is clean, 
the good question is, I get this all the time. If your heart's clean, why do you feel sin and why do you feel so guilty? And we have to look at Romans 7 for that. So remember Romans 7, Paul's like, I want to do what I don't want to do. And then I do what I do, don't want to do. And I, and it goes back and forth, but Jesus, you got this. Mm-hmm. And in my heart, it's clean, right? Mm-hmm. So, so how can we love God with a deceitful and desperately wicked heart? If right. our hearts are desperately right. wicked, how do we love God? How do we love anything? Right. How can you trust in the Lord with all your deceitful and desperately wicked heart? How does that work? I have no idea. Mm. You can't, right? So many of the problems we face living in Christian life comes from believing that we have wicked hearts. Mm. If we, if you constantly struggle with insecurity, guilt, shame, fear, lying, lack of spontaneity, self-consciousness, it could be because you don't know that your heart is clean with you when you confess your sin. Mm. If you actually believe your heart is clean, you can deal with these issues you've been struggling with for as long as you've been a Christian. Mm. Let me just give you this and we'll end. A New Testament um, scripture on the heart. This will be great. Matthew 5, 8. Jesus is pronouncing the Beatitudes. Jesus says, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Mm. Is Jesus teasing us there? He is telling us a reality we can that we can live out of. Luke 8, 15. The good soil that hold the word of God with an honest and good heart. Later on in church history, big conflict starts, right? With the Gentiles and the laws, they needed to obey. They're talking about it. They're going up. Peter steps up in Acts 15, 6, and he says they're cleansing their hearts by faith. So they, they're either your heart has been cleansed by faith or it hasn't. So mm. what's true and what isn't? Okay. Okay. So when this last part, when the Holy Spirit joins the Trinity in the New Testament heart, the heart is cleansed. It is no longer deceitful and wicked. Hebrews 10, 1. Bulls and goats, the bull, the blood of a goat cannot take away sin or cleanse the heart. Uh. Right? The blood of Jesus washes our heart. 1019 says this, Hebrews 1019. The blood of Jesus gives us a sincere heart. Mm. He also cleanses our soul, 1 Peter 1, 22, purifying your soul. Our heart and soul is clean. And not only that, if we look at Romans 8, 10, the human spirit is alive because of righteousness. Mm. So he cleanses our spirit, our soul, and our heart right. so that we can live out of a clean heart. And Hebrews says he, he sprinkles the blood of Jesus over our hearts to make it clean. Mm. So next time what we're going to get into, your heart, soul, and spirit are clean. How do you keep them clean? Mm. Right? What do you do? How do you how do you stay in a place where your heart learns to be wide open, how you live out of space like Jesus lived, and how do you keep it clean as you move forward as a Christian? Excellent. Thoughts, Lisa? Well, I have a lot. I'm going to save it for the next one that we'll start off with. But I think we should do a part this is part one part one i think uh in part two i want to dig in a little bit of um you know i love to teach on the differences of men and women and as far as what the heart goes there there's some interesting things that i want you to kind of talk about and then yesterday you and i had a pretty deep talk about the damage that's done to children yes and they're in their hearts yes unless they live in a perfect house which most people don't right and how that affects them and then when you were reading off, I think that'd be a great way to do part two is just to 
you can describe like what that actually looks like and how that affects people and people might find themselves in it because as we were reading it together, we were like, that's me, that's so-and-so that's yes. And then that helps you a little bit. With yeah. That. Clinical psychologists and, and, and counselors have, have learned that there's three responses of the harder mm-hmm. styles yes. that every one of us go through because we all are growing up in dysfunctional homes. Yeah. Every one of us, dysfunctional churches, they're all yes. dysfunctional um, and uh, dysfunctions all around us. Right. And so about the age of two to seven, our hearts become dysfunctional and we go into one of these three styles just to stay alive, to cope with just it. to cope. Yeah. Right. And we push people away or we move towards people. Right. It's really cool. So, yeah, we'll talk about that. And what I want you guys to do, we'll challenge you on this in the next podcast is find out which one of these is you. Is you. And then how do we clean that up mm. and what do we need to do? Mm-hmm. So. Excellent. All right. Awesome. Proud guys. You. <laughs> How's your heart feel? It's a journey. It's wide open. It's Aww. very raw. So, hey, journey into the heart. We'll do part two uh, next week. God bless you guys. Thank you for listening. Thank you, sweetheart. I love you. Oh, I love you too. Okay. Bye, guys. <laughs>